enter into the presence of the Father, each one as a renewed child of God. We have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. We thank the Lord for saving us. We thank the Lord for washing us clean. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. We have come to God, the judge of all. We have come to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. We declare in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now this is what we declare anytime we start to pray. But again, let me just encourage everybody, do this, especially as a household, as a fellowship, whatever you are gathering, to pray. Declare this. And if you are alone, it's simple. Just say, I enter. Do you get my point? I have not come. You know, things like that. Just personalize them. Make them singular there. And it will work the same power in your life in Jesus' name. All right, today's our school of prayer again. And it's a special one. There's a reason why. The reason is simple because in the reign of the king of, you know, <laughs> the first day of his reign, yeah, you hear things like that. So that's what we want to uh, just connect with for certain reasons, for obvious reasons, and take time out to pray. I believe I have a strong prophetic word for the people of God. And whatever I'm going to share today, please, I want you to carry it everywhere. We're going to put it on their website as quickly as possible. It's a very important message. It's not just about praying. We're going to pray, okay? But there is a message that's the background of the prayer we're going to pray today. The Bible says we're not unawares of the devices of the devil. The devil has devices. That's all he does. He uses tricks. He uses, you know, subtlety, stuff like that. He uses those his tricks to capture us. He doesn't have power in himself. He has to use our power against us. He has to go to the judgment throne of God and obtain judgment against us. It's so important we get it. If we don't fall for his devices, he doesn't have any power. Did you hear what I said? If we don't fall for his devices, he does not have any power. That's why it's very important we get these things that we are going to be discussing, especially when it has to do with our country. So we are going to um, study the word of God a, a bit, and then I give you that, those words that I've talked about, or that word I've spoken about, and then we'll continue to pray. All right, before, as usual, before we get into any teaching, we like to take the declaration of understanding. All right, let's read quickly. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Uh, just so that, in case somebody is listening to this after now, today is the 30th of May, the year 2023. And yesterday, the federal government, but the government in most states of Nigeria, including the federal one, changed. A new president was inaugurated. Again, please, I don't have a lot of time today to start proving any point. 
I'm just going to say what I want to say. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say what I want to say. The Bible started by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible didn't start with, according to the fossil records, if you look at the probability of events, mathematical calculation based on the number of particles. No, it didn't. It didn't have to prove to anybody. It just started with what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let me take a few seconds and digress into that briefly. That is the foundation of faith. Personally, I've noticed it. Anybody who, because God gives enough evidence, all right, for you to know. He's not telling you know Jesus Christ. He's not telling you know Jehovah. He's not telling you to know who Yahweh is. Just ask questions that this could not have come out of nothing. Where did they come from? The order in the universe is too, is too much for it to have been random. Just ask that question. The rest is his own duty. Once you have your heart open to know who did this, he will reveal himself to you. So any person who says he does not, doesn't believe in God, is, see, as an adult, the person is lying. The person is lying. You have to deliberately close your heart to truth to be able to say with confidence there is no God. You can't say that. That's an aside, okay? So let's just leave that one. Our message. So, the Bible didn't start with other arguments. Today I don't have time to prove anything to anybody. I'm just going to make statements that I have made again and again. Alright? I'll just repeat some of them. Quote a few scriptures. The aim is to set a foundation for prayer. Because you see, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord. Complete it for me. Alright, what you said, we sound like murmuring, is this. The earth he has given to the sons of men. What that simply means is that if you fly, find a flood that drowns the whole earth in the time of Noah, it was not God's fault. It was men's fault. Do you get my point? The sons of men. It was their fault. Why the flood came was because their hearts were so evil and exceedingly wicked, God had to judge. The Bible says the imagination of their hearts were evil continually. So they were responsible for the flood. I'll be getting my point. Now, one of the things that God has helped me to understand over time is what I call, okay, let me not give you the term, but I say that God, every time he's judging spirits, he will always bring something out of a people. It will be interesting one day if God were to sit us down and play a scientific review of life on the earth for like 6,000 years. Now, what I mean by scientific review is this. That is, cause and effect. You say, did you see this that happened this time? You will say yes. Did you see this tsunami that hit um, uh, Japan? You say yes. You say, good, let me tell you where it came from. Then you will trace it back and you will see it. You will see everything. You will know why there was a serious fault line in that place. You will find out why the earth will shake once in a while. You will see, you will just see it clear that the earth got indigestion and it began to vomit. And because you're a human being, you understand it. You'll be able to, you know, just be able to relate with it. You see, that's what happened. You now see, and you will see why a certain number died. And if you were to, you know, zoom in, you would know how he selected who died and who did not die. That's what the Bible calls the demonstration of his righteousness. God will always be shown to be right. You may not understand now, but he's always correct. 
There's never anything he does that is wrong. Never. Let me remind us again. See, what you see physically is first determined in the invisible. By faith, we understand that the words were prepared by the word of God. So that these things that we see did not come out of things that are visible. Everything is first determined in the realm of the invisible. It's the spirits of my men. That is, of course, all of us now men and women, but men as, a, as mankind. All right? It's our spirits that, you know, move up and down, interact and produce things on the earth. Now, what happens is that when Satan wants to do his thing, please, never forget, it doesn't have any more power than what I've, I keep on saying. He has to come and talk to people. Now, quickly, just like dropping the, because, you know, when you get to Western world, the argument is always about children, children, children. What about the children that died? God said, I give that one into the hands of their parents. They are responsible. Do you get my point? So there's a way this earth is. Alright? So when Satan wants to bring forth something evil against us, he will come to us and persuade us to go against the order of God. And being a just judge, he is compelled to issue judgment as demanded. Please don't ever forget it. Satan makes demands. The judgment throne of God is the, that's what we see on the earth as a law court. You see, Americans will tell you something like, the prosecution is asking for 10 years imprisonment on this case. And we've seen many cases in which, like uh, when this guy, well, what the name of this um, double amputee that's an international Olympic star that was been in jail for a while, Oscar, Oscar Pistorius. Yes. The first judgment at the first court, they gave him, I think, five years in prison or something for what they call culpable homicide, whatever it is. Uh, culpable, anyway, their own way of uh, describing manslaughter or something like that. The prosecution appealed it. They agreed with a guilty verdict, but that this judgment is not okay. That he has to be found guilty of something more severe. So they went to the appeal court, and the appeal court agreed with them. That is, that's what prosecutors do. The word in the Bible for prosecution is accuser. So the accuser of the brethren does not make, doesn't beg us, say, help, give me a favor. He demands. And if he's right, the judge must be fair. He must be just. He will rule. Even against his own son. Please, this is the principle of life. Bear it in mind. That's the way it works. That's why Jesus said, Simon, Simon. Satan has demanded, that's the word, not desired, he has petitioned to sift you all like wheat. And he had his reasons. I have prayed for you. Now, I don't want to go into that. Why did he pray for Peter alone? Ha. There's a reason. It wasn't just being selective. He, that's the way it was. I, I don't want to sit, sit on that. But there's a reason why he picked only Peter. Spent all his intercessory energy on Peter. I said, Peter, you will come back. And help the other people. That's why sometimes parents struggle, struggle. Say, let this one just graduate. When you graduate, you don't buy a job. So, boy, you will help your younger ones. You know, it's in the Bible like that. <laughs> yes. So, please, let's bear it in mind. That's what Satan does. Now, human spirits can be wrong. Now, I want to say something that will be, you can, well, this is my own thought, all right? I was born in Western Nigeria. 
grew up there until university took me to um, what then was Midwestern Nigeria, but which is now part of the South-South zone, all right? That's now Edo State. Then I, NYC somewhere, North, is that Northeast? Yeah, Northeast. And then went back to Lagos for a while. Then go say, okay, fine. And then go to Enugu. Now I've lived longest continuously in Enugu. In my whole life, at least. I left, of course. I was a teenager when I went to university. And then from there, go home. I was a medical student, so going home and just periodically. One week, you're back. You know, five days, you're back. Stuff like that, okay? But constant living in Enugu is where I have lived. 23 years in another few, three months or so. To be 23 years. Or after three, four months. So I've been there for a very long time. For that reason, a lot of my, I, I perceive the spirit around more than the rest of Nigeria. When I was in the West, I was young. Alright? I didn't live anywhere else as long as I've lived in the Southeast. So, I perceive the spirit around and I don't want to offend people speaking now. I can almost tell you what God is doing to the people. I was telling Apostle who came with you earlier. I said, God is judging certain things. Now, not only the people in the South, East, judges worldwide. Okay? But in Nigeria particularly, I've seen there are things that God judges in people. Unfortunately, you know, there was something that Eli said when a man is passing to judgment. He said, oh, that there will be an intercessor to show him what is wrong. Because many people die when God is judging them because they don't get the point. So God is not able to pull his hand back because they're not getting the point. So Eli will say, what does he need? He needs an, need an intercessor. And let me tell you something. Eh? Oh God, let me tell you something about God. When he's doing you, if you like, grumble, he will do you finish a good idea. Then he waits for the next generation. He starts again. Be throwing tantrums. He will squeeze you. He doesn't do them more. If he starts choking you, he's planning to kill you. His desire is along the line. You'll get the point. They will relax. He's choked. Then you will leave. But if he grabs your neck, don't for a moment think he's playing. He doesn't play. The only thing is that he doesn't like to do it. Like I said, when he threw Jonah overboard, he intended for Jonah to die. But of course, it was not his desire. So, as part of his goodness, he will mobilize his spirit to enter Jonah. Say, Jonah, beg him. Jonah said, what do I say? Say, I will go to Nineveh. Say, I won't run away again. I will not follow other gods. I won't put my hope somewhere else. Shout it. And he's very eager. Once he hears it, bam, you will leave. That is why, anytime you're in affliction, eh? First thing you do, pray till you get the right words to speak. It's important. Eli will say, Job, this is what we do. Pray like this. That which I see not, teach thou me. Why? So that if I have done iniquity, I will do it no more. It's crucial. Otherwise, I will sleep the sleep of death. So God judges spirits. If something is wrong, God says, this thing, I will judge it. Unfortunately, and just by the way, if you're a pastor, if you don't want God to destroy you, correct your ministry. Because ministry is not how to make people feel good. Ministry is how to tell people, this is your problem. Repent and be saved. Ministry is not for you to come and say, how do you... <laughs> when I say what people call ministry, sometimes I laugh. I laugh because what they, they, they are looking for how to keep people entertained so they keep coming back. One brother told me in their church, <laughs> they, you know this big, big... Let me just personalize you smaller. You ha- See... 
You'll be amazed at, I'm sure by now, you're like, ah, pastor, you're supposed to be busy with traveling now. I, you know why I'm not busy with traveling? I think the Jesus has spread. That guy don't agree accept invitation. Most invitations I get, I don't answer people. Who are they? One terrible, I say, they are one group. I say, I barely live. If I want their name, it's more terrible. I say, eh, who are they? Has their pastor ever come here? No. Their leaders ever come here? No. Oh, oh they, this place is too far for them to come. I'm sorry, I just believe you don't take me seriously. So why should I? Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm very serious. I'm, most of the I get, I just, I don't, you know what, what I'm going to say? You know why I don't accept a lot of invitations? Experience has shown me that many people just consider you an entertainment item when they are doing their major programs. That's it. So I always scan to see those who really want to learn. Who are looking for opportunities to ask me, ask me questions. Even if there are three, four, I go. The bigger the church, the less likely I am to accept their invitation. It's very funny, but that's where I am. When the one guy introduced, uh, invited us, after talking to Tor Reverend, along the line, he wanted to persuade me that it's a big program they're inviting me for. So he started telling that, uh, he was telling, um, uh, who and who will be there. Once the mentioned, the guy, Yinka, just slow down. You have just persuaded this man he's not coming. The guy said, no, no. What he meant is that he started changing. He said that is coming. Ah, he said, you don't understand. This is how Pastor Banky will not come. Not because he doesn't, the other people are ministers. He just said that you have this amount of time and you have this amount of speakers. You're not serious. He will not say, okay, well, all these other people, they are just, uh, just a formality that their faces are there, that they are bishop. You know, they have this long list of Bishop this, bishop that, not of that. He said, no, 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 no. He, ah, he realized that he, he don't, he don't, he don't mix the whole thing up. The initial plan was to let me know the kind of, one woman did it now, organize a program. Told me the kind of people that are coming. That the kind of things I'm saying, the whole world needs to hear it. Talking English. And they look. To mention one big pastor in Nigeria, he'll be there. Uh huh. What I was thinking is that so all of us sitting on the panel, you must be feeling very important with yourself. I don't know that I didn't leave my house. If you, see, you can't use yeah, you know, uh, you know, but that's no opportunity for you to meet him. To do what for me? To appoint me minister for preaching affairs. No, that's our reason. What is he supposed to do for me? I won't follow you anywhere. I've learned in this my life not to be a beggar. See, ministry, eh? I want preachers to understand. It's not about making people feel good. So my, my brother, okay, why I went to that? My brother's in their church, eh? They line, if you see, they line up. So people will keep coming. All the big, I, I almost said the entertainers. What's the word I'm looking for? All the big singing, which one do we use now? Oh, artists, okay, Christian artists, thank you very much. In, uh, they line them up one after the other, maybe like four weeks, sorry, like four months had they go. Spending big money. That means they just mentioned the name they brought. And I felt that I said, Kai, these people don't know they are being used for nonsense. Why? They just want people to start to keep coming to church. So that the church number will not go down. So we start attracting people with entertainment. So that next Sunday we're having they mention one big name. The whole church, whoa, 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 you know? They all will come. Jam for them. How was church today? 
yet you are not telling people what God is saying to them. You're not saying to he that has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to this church and to the churches. You are not. Listen, if you are like that, Pastor, God will soon shut you to down. If I don't sense people want to hear from me what the Lord is really teaching them, I run away. That's why I dodge most invitations. There are some people, they say, <laughs> one day somebody called, sent me a message. I want to say now, what I want to say, <laughs> some of you won't like it, but the truth. The mistake you make is go and get my WhatsApp line, send me a message, I got a number from this person. Before I read it, I block it. Usually what happens is that they finish buying a program. They're not shopping around for ministers. You now hear that. And I say, ah, you don't My name is so and so and so. I got your number from this person. There's this program we're having. Before I release that line, pa pa Say, Pastor, why are you like that? Because I don't want you to turn me to an entertainer. You finish plotting a program. That is when you now look for who to slot in. Who's the star attraction? I look to you like, um, what's the name of this woman that just died? Tina Turner. Bankitana. That's what I run away from. I don't want to get. I said, no, 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 no. Don't go near it. What's my reason for that? I just, I send the shop around list. You don't know me. It's obvious you have hardly heard the things I thought. But you know, if you put his name, maybe people go come. Where I'm shopping, looking for my number. It won't work. Hello, sir. I know you don't know me. Mom. Of you think I'm very wicked, but I have my reasons. If I tell you stories, you will know why. Why I do some of these things? You see, some some people are just not serious. They are used to program planning, so they have to fill the slots. Listen, what the church needs eh, is to hear what God is saying. Many times, He's judging the spirit in the atmosphere. People don't know it. They need to know it. The, the church needs to be told. See, this is what God is judging. Get out from amongst them and be separate. See, if God plays that scientific review I was telling you about for the earth, you will see who's responsible for earthquakes. You will see the people responsible for flooding. You will see the people responsible for you know volcanic, volcanic eruptions that kill people. You will see the one, I mean, Earthquake the other day in Turkey wiped out 50,000 people in one day. Just by the way, try and get your statistics right. When you say a country is dangerous, another one is not dangerous. They say they kill people in Nigeria. Turkey lost 50,000 human beings in one day. I hope, not, you, I hope you don't die and I die. Whether you were shot or a building, in fact, I think it's better to be shot. Yeah, you die, sharp, sharp. When building collapses on you, Sometimes it takes like the first day you die of dehydration. In Turkey, it was cold, cold, hunger, dehydration will kill you slowly. Even the person with the crucified, he don't manage to die. Since you know, you don't want it. I don't, there are things I don't like thinking about. The last one that happened, a, a Ghanaian international football football um, uh, star crushed him there. Oh, it's fine. I first read news that he's okay. After three days, they say, no, it's not okay. We can't find him. Four days, we found him. He's dead. And I look, I say, hey, hey, now, wow. Whoever did the words to who? And the earth shook. 
and 50,000 people. That's it. Over the next few, maybe let's just give them 48 hours, 72 hours, 50,000 people dead. And I said, this is Nigeria. It's a dangerous place. I said, hey, bros, bros, bros. How many people died in the last, with all the danger, in the last few years? We're talking about one day here. I don't think it matters. I gave a particular figure the other day. Let me see whether it's still quickly available for me to refer to it. Yeah. 14,000 people died in four months in America of gun violence. Do you know what I say? The first four months of this year, January to April, Americans killed 14,000 people with a gun. <laughs> you think any country is safe? For me, the most annoying one, one guy was shooting in front of his house. The neighbor said, please, baby is sleeping here. Stop shooting. He came to the house and shot everybody. Kill like six people also. Because they told him, please, this noise you are making. My neighbors use generator to wake everybody up every day. <laughs> there has been no shooting to solve the problem. The point I make mean, there's no way that is, you know, safe in this area. So just bear that in mind. Okay, back to what I was saying. So you see that kind of thing. God will play the review. You know that look, this is what happened. My emphasis is that it's always the fault of man. The error is always with us. Always. Never with God. The error is always, the fault is always with us. So what Satan does is to learn to manipulate these spiritual things. Manipulate spirits, the activities, talk to us, then take our actions, our words, and use them against us before the courts of God and obtain judgment for us. That's the kind of background. Alright? To the thing I want to say. So, no, I said I'm not going to prove anything. I'll just tell you things. Let me now start. Number one, we live in a country called Nigeria. It was started by God for a purpose. I don't know the details of the purpose. But it was started by God for a purpose. Never forget that. The country is not an arbitrary, you know, extraction from somewhere. Funny enough, I still stumbled on the video. Some people went to visit um, Professor Jerry Ghana. And he was saying to them, please don't let this country break. He was explaining some things to them. And he reminded them of history. He said Abuja was chosen first by Gowon, because he was there. Then Mutala was the one that finally maybe passed it into law. And eventually, I think Babangida began to move over there. And Abacha really moved all right, to Abuja many years later. And he said, of course, it was, these decisions are not arbitrary. It was discussed. First, why is Nigeria a country? Professor Jeragana explained that there are three major tribes in Nigeria, the way we talk about it. Each one was big enough to stand as a nation. If you go to Europe, small, small nations all over the place. He said in the West, the Yorubas were big enough to be a nation. You come to the East, he said the Igbos were big enough to be a nation. You go to the North, he said the House of Fulani were plenty enough to be one country. He said, but there's a problem. He said the area where Abuja is now, they were up to, I've forgotten how many, maybe said 200 or so. 
different, small, small people that are just different from each other. You come to Nigeria as an example. You see, Shekri is here, you know, when I was in university, local news, we used to listen for, to about 12 different languages. That was Bendel State. Each one was two minutes. They summarized everything in the world for you in two minutes. But what the English one for 30 minutes? When they now start, when it was Bendel at that time, the whole of Edo now and Delta. Two, two minutes. Shekri, two minutes. Bini, two minutes. Then Ijo, uh, two minutes. Uh, Isha, two minutes. Robo, two minutes. Bah, 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 bah. The phone was just counting the. Bah, bah. Each person, don't go. Two minutes news <laughs> with the whole full regalia. So they were, he said that there were plenty like that. He said, okay, how do we handle all of this? So it was decided that the easiest way to handle everything is to pull all the major tribes together and then put all these other ones with them so they will become one republic. Now that's how human beings were reasoning. But behind, you know what the Bible says? God sets the boundaries according to the number of the sons of Israel. And we know the Israel he's looking at is the Israel of God. So he said, look, Bank is going to do ministry in Enugu. Join him with the Biafran Republic. <laughs> he said, oh, courage is going to go to Sokoto. Join Edo. Where is from Edo State? With Sokoto. He carved everything. He said, this is the nation I have created. Now, this is what Satan does. Satan will come and tell you. He's a liar. Where have you ever seen this kind of people come and sit with these people? That's why they have crisis in this country. The Igbo man does not belong with the Hausa man. They are two distinct groups of people. Now, you want to hear the truth? That's how Satan has been talking to you for a long time. His satanic talk is not prophetic. Nobody saying that has ever explained to you. This is how you know. The Bible says that. This is how you want to know Satan. You want to know Satan? You want to know, the, you want to know Satan? So they can avoid him? Say, check whose interest he's checking. He said, you are not putting your mind on the interest of God, but the interest of man. That's how you know Satan. One of my colleagues, unfortunately, he passed on a few weeks ago. He's from Anambra State. He used to tell me something. He said, you know the problem? He's from Anambra State. He was from Anambra State. He's late now. Young man. He said, the problem with people here, see, they don't travel. He said, if they travel, they wouldn't say these things. He said, there are, he gave me names. I just want to mention them because I can't remember accurately now. He gave me names. He mentioned communities in, I think, or where now, one of those core and extreme states. He said, the only reason they exist today is that they are part of Nigeria. He said, if you had carved Northern Nigeria alone, they would not exist today. They would have been killed one by one and wiped out. He said, but nobody can do it because federal government will send troops. It was Manabra State. So he used to laugh. He said, this is what did not travel. He was giving you facts and figures. He said, this area, this village here, you give me names. This man, you know, he said, he's from that particular place. He said, notice that some people in their family, they converted to Islam for survival. He said, but some of them refused. He said, the only reason why they still exist is because there's a nation called Nigeria that gives them survival. That is, he said, because before you can do anything, federal government will send troops. 
No, like now, the way Nigeria is now, kill people. They are land, you can't take it. Uh, no, they will come back and like, you can kill them, don't worry. They land, their children will come and collect. So, he, by the time he finished explaining, I said, this man is minding the thing of Christ. But the untraveled ones, again, part of the spirit God is judging, they have this arrogant spirit. I've tried to explain to people before. They will tell you somebody else is your problem. Erofai says something. He said, people say that the problem with Nigeria is that we are too diverse, too many languages, too many people. He said, look, America and God, all of you are running to. They have more, the diversity there is crazy. Edco told us that English was chosen as the lingua franca of America over German by one vote. The early settlers, when they said, what would be our lingua franca? What would be the language we say is our national language? They put it to vote. German lost to English by one vote. That's how diverse they are. You hear Donald Trump. I think it's Irish-American. This person is from another part of Europe. One, of course, Barack Obama from Africa. Different, that's how they are thoroughly mixed. Even the ones that are so-called white, they will tell you which part of the world they came from to be white in that place. The Nerofi told us that there's a country that there are 90-something percent Muslims all speaking the same language. They don't have peace. The country is called Somalia. He said, so diversity cannot be the cause of our problem. That was the point he was trying to make. Let me give you another fact. Diversity is our strength. Jerry Gardner, when he was saying that, that was about two years ago, he said that last count, there were 14 million Igbos in northern Nigeria. 14 million. He says South Westerners were double that number. That is Northern Nigeria. The people from the South is living in Southern Nigeria were counted. They were about 14 million. He said those from the Southwest, there were 20 something million living in Northern Nigeria. He said, and settles there, doing business, living, you know, they've been there for a long time. Let them push them back to this our five states. I'm just, I don't want to think about it. Go, please don't let it happen. When the Europeans and North Americans want to strengthen their economy, you know what they do? They give visas. That's what they do. We need more people. Oh, you think Canadians love you? They don't give a hoot about you. They, they don't give a hoot about you. What they just want is bringing your strength. And just by the way, I was telling Pastor Kim this afternoon, I said, <laughs> the way mom is behaving. Double-mindedness. You say one thing with one mouth, you do another thing with your actions. I said, if it, look, the people that you don't like, it's a matter of time, they will take over this whole southern Nigeria. Do you know the reason why? Because once God blesses you small, you send your children out of the place. Oh, that's a fact. I said, go to Israel Street. I won't mention it because we're recording. One of the most powerful streets in Enugu. Almost all, see, big, big houses. Almost all the children are abroad. Hey, go and listen to what I prayed. Was it last week or the week before? That thus says the Lord, if you want this country, I will give you. The problem is that you don't want it. You know, we're analyzing some things. Some people say that some people from somewhere, they, they, they just carry them and become appeal uh, court judges, Supreme Court judges. I say, you, you cannot be made like that because you are not willing to be patient to start as a magistrate and become a chief magistrate and become a high court judge and promote. No, you want to be a son. Well, that's where the money is. 
then you want to compete for the bench with people who are willing to sit down for 20 something years managing themselves. And you think God is unjust? It's not just population. What choices are you making? See, as soon as you leave law school, or you are in his ah, one son, one brief, election brief, 20 million. That's what you are thinking of. The magistrate is collecting small salary. You know, farming millets by the side. A few cows that are more obedient than Nigerians on the side. <laughs> and his patient that is rising. God has given him contentment as part of his religion. You own your religion commanded contentment, you rebelled against it. And after 20 years, you start raising shoulder. Now how come he's the one that's chief judge? He's chief justice of the federation. How can he? And, and, <laughs> and God is looking like, you're asking me? Let me show you. I tell you. If he plays the history back, if he plays the history back, he said, look, look, if I want to be, look, I have to be just. The way you're behaving, I'm going to take, and listen, another thing. This earth, it was God's own, he gave to man. Are you getting my point? As long as he doesn't withdraw from man, he can give to anybody he wills. So the sons of Canaan annoyed him. He pushed them out and brought another set of man. Can you, are you getting my point? <laughs> Called the sons of Israel and replaced them. I like the way the Indians, that's Native Americans, they're not Indians. The Native Americans say they don't believe they own the land. They say the land owns them. They don't believe anybody can own land. And that is a matter of fact. God will decide who he allocates which land to. So if you don't behave in a worthy manner, he's not in a hurry. Two generations, he will have legitimately transferred that land to another group of people. And the people will not be claiming that they are from there. They won't say we are from Adamawa. No, we are Udi people. Who will remember where you are from? The Egyptians during the Bible, the Pharaoh and all of that, this is not them. What's the point I'm making? We have a huge responsibility. I made a few statements. Number one, this country was created by God for his own purpose. I don't know everything, but the little I know about it is that it has to do with the establishment of the kingdom of God on this earth. That purpose has to do with the advancement of the gospel on this earth. And there is nothing Satan will like more than to scatter it. Nothing. Why? He was caught to that whole purpose. And I've learned he will compel God to start all over again. Thereby pushing further away the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, so in your life, you have to be careful not to play into the hands of the devil. You know, was I teaching these fundamentals of faith again and some truths are just settling in my heart again. And I'm thanking God for the choices we one made some time ago. And I'm praying to him that anyone that we did not make correctly, please, he should just forgive and help us rearrange. Because I found out that many people, all right, they just caught to the plan of God for their lives. Because of things like small difficulty here. Small problems here. They didn't get a job on time here. And the person that went here is making more money than them. Little, little things like that. At the end of the day, they scuttle the plan of God for their own personal lives. So that the time that God says, time to sacrifice Isaac, they are not there. They don't know. The reason why God gave them life was so that they will get to a point that they will offer up Isaac. 
And how do they miss it? Little things like discomfort. Demas phenomenon. Now move over to Thessalonica, where life is easier. Not knowing that the difficulty I found out is part of God's building up process. So you will have the strength to sacrifice Isaac when the time will come. I found out that Christ, ah God, I pray we get it. God requires us to work with him, participate in anything he's doing, first in our personal lives and then in our environment because they are, being, they are engineered for a particular goal which you may not fully understand. Yes. And all of it is about the kingdom. Establishing the kingdom of God. It's about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about heaven tabernacling on the earth amongst men. Each person has a duty, each person has a responsibility. Now, Satan has a job just to scatter, you know, his own has scatter. You see, eh? You know the way life is. <laughs> if you enter a hotel room, if you travel once in a while, you go to a hotel. You know, hotel rooms like, like, why can't my bedroom in the house be like this? Do you get that feeling? Just enter the place. Ah, ah! Everything is arranged. Even the towel is arranged. You know, folded. You look at the bed. They've made, ah! So in your mind, when you get home, so shall my bedroom be. You forget that that hotel room, you came with one pair of shoes. <laughs> your bedroom, I don't know how many pairs. That hotel room, all your luggage in one bag. When I reach your house, once you bring it out, <laughs> where I'm going is that? Eh? That your bedroom is the de- <laughs> like the devil's plan. Anything works. <laughs> you can drop shoe anywhere. Put shoe on top of the bed. Mm-hmm. And you know shoes are found in some of the bed sometimes. You don't even know. You, know, you just get tired. You come, you fling it. You just lands on your wife's side of the bed and you sleep off. That hotel room eh, is like God's plan. Everything must be proper. So Satan's job is just come. Just scatter. He doesn't really care. Like this country breaks, breaks into 20. It isn't his problem. You say, okay, okay. You want to break into 18. Well, you know, no, it's problem, you know. Everybody wants to, look. Again, I'll give you another prophetic word. See all this divided spirit. is satanic. I'm giving that one to you straight. It's the de- And you know, it's everywhere. Don't think it's only Southeast. I saw this one that I called and said, Yoruba Nation boys, that poli- police arrest. I was so happy. They just summarized them, rolled them, just packed them somewhere. They went and invaded the radio station. What did they want to you know, when, you, when they charge them for treason now, people start making noise. You don't broadcast in a sovereign nation. Where's Antioch? You don't just go on air. Once you go on air, it's a coup. If they find you, it's a treasonable offense. These boys went to, which, which, where did they do that? Did you Nigeria where? Ibadan. I say, what is wrong with these people? You know, when Satan has possessed somebody... <laughs> No, it's Satan possessing people. Okay, look at where we are in Eastern Nigeria now. Look, let me just you know, think about it. You say it's Biafra Day, and how do you celebrate? If you come out, we'll shoot you. Is that how to celebrate? How will I affect if only to celebrate? Because if you go to Opera Square and you are you are dancing, at the local dance, everybody is dancing and we are eating soya. DSS will even come and eat soya with you. Is that how to celebrate? They will not mention the names of the fallen heroes. We all go and eat. The other that will go home. Is that not celebration? They only say, twah, twah, if you come out here, you are dead meat. That's how you know Satan. You know what they call Satan? The devil. The serpent of old, who is now a dragon. 
is the one worrying us. Because there's no other reason to explain why you say I'm fighting for freedom, I'll be shooting myself in the foot. So that when it's time to fight, I don't have the feet now to fight. What am I trying to say? Satan likes disorder. Just scatter it anyhow. Put the shoes inside the, you know, the sink. <laughs> just, just put everything in You know, everything anywhere. Hang your singlet on top of the air conditioner. No. <laughs> Satan doesn't care. Just, just anyhow. And many of us, you know what we're doing? We're working for Satan without realizing it. How? He comes and poisons us with bitterness. I'm in Eastern Nigeria, so let me stick with Eastern Nigeria issues. He comes poisons us with stories of, you know, one day, that my colleague that I said passed on recently, one day we in the office, we are talking about all this beer friendship, all that. he was laughing. <laughs> he said, oh God, do you know why these people are talking like this? I said, why? He said, there's something inside their mind which says to them, the moment you create that new country, they will become chief medical directors. I'm like, excuse me. He said, yes. He said, why do you think they are talking like this? They just believe that that's the opportunity to become something that they are not. Let me not even go there because I don't want to start talking economics. You will, have, you will know the meaning of shrinking of an economy. That's the way you will understand. That even this job you had now, you won't have it that time. But that's how Satan comes. Satan comes and tells you, do you know the reason why you don't have work? Because that's how someone is digging in front of your house. He's digging. And you will not want to ask yourself, what is the connection between his... <laughs> yeah, you won't ask. You just be angry. And please let me beg you. Hmm? Get rid of bitterness of every sort out of your heart. You know why? The Bible says this, the root of bitterness, when it springs up, you know what it does? It troubles people. Many are defiled. There's a story I like to use to illustrate it. I've not told the story in a while, but I used to tell it a lot. Once I sat in my house, I was watching CNN. And Christian Amampo did a documentary on death row inmates. And at least two of them, he showed us their dead bodies. He interviewed them. The program was for a long time. They went through all their appeals and everything. The governor signed the death warrant. They executed them and she videoed their dead bodies as part of the series. One of them was a young man, he was in his early 20s, who committed a crime at the age of 17. And Americans don't care about your age. They don't. They decide the severity of the crime and decide whether they will try you as an adult. Other countries, they don't, they don't, they don't do that. Other countries will just decide that you're a juvenile. They don't care whether you bombed the whole earth and killed everybody. How old are you? 16. Sorry. You're too young to be held liable like that. Americans don't give a hoot. They call it trying as an adult. They just decide that if you are big enough to do such a bad thing, your brain has grown up to adult level, now, personally, I think it's a very silly idea, but they do it. And apparently, their Supreme Court has never bothered to overturn such, things, such a thing, all right? I think it's rubbish, but they do it. So this young boy killed somebody at the age of 17. 
Now, why I keep on remembering his story was when Christian Amampo was interviewing him. He said, what did I do? He said, I don't know. That, that's, that's where I'm going. He said, I don't know. But as soon as he said, I don't know, I knew. Whether it's a word of knowledge or just understanding or whatever. But I just knew. I said, no, I know why this boy did it. He doesn't know, but I know. It was a black boy. 17 years, years of age. It was their high school graduation day. He said, will I say it was my classmates, my friends? He said, no. Why did he say no? He said, because I'm their leader. He was a team captain, basketballer. You know, it's one of those boys that they are, they are in front in class. He wasn't doing well like, badly academically. He was doing okay academically. And he was, a, he was a team captain. He said, so he could not have been my friends. I influenced them. They don't influence me. He said it. Clear. He reasoned. He said, why did I do it? He said, I don't know. What did he do? They finished, finished having fun, just drinking and partying and everything. One of them said, let's steal a car. He got a gun from somewhere. They just went randomly onto the road. Met an old man driving a white Mercedes-Benz 190E of those days. Blocked him. He went there, yanked the, 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 the driver's detail and brought the man out. The man, of course, old man, he returned from visiting his children and grandchildren. Had driven for a long time, not back to somewhere in Texas there. And then the man laid on the floor. The other one pulled his wife, elderly woman, out on the other side. He pulled the trigger, pam, pam, shot that man twice as he laid on the floor there and told the friends, should they, you know, use a, an expletive, they call it, how do you pronounce that word? Anyway, use one bad word, I don't want to repeat what I'm preaching. He said, shoot her. The friends were like, what? He just shot that man, for what? It was not part of the plan. Let's just steal the car, enter the car and drive. Have fun. At the end of the police will arrest them. Put them in jail for maybe a few months and then next thing knew he had killed somebody. Of course, they still ran away. But of course, if you know American police, it was a matter of days. They got him, got the gun, put him on trial, tried him as an adult, found him guilty, and sent him to death. And eventually, he was executed. Why do I tell the story once in a while? Because he said, why did I do it? I don't know. And I said, no, I know. The old man was a white man. I heard this one somewhere today. Where did I hear this? Earlier today. So one of the greatest needs of a human being is power. The one of the greatest desires of a human being is power. To know you have power. I just realized what happened to the boy. For once in his life, he had a white man under his power. The rest was not in his control. You want to know the truth? His parents poisoned him. They don't know it. Every day they told him, your ancestors were slaves because of the white man. You want to know the truth? Your ancestors were slaves because of the judgment of God. It had nothing to do with the white man. Your ancestors were sold by your ancestors' brothers to the white man's ancestors. The white man never left the shore. He waited there while the black people collected other black people, and sold to the white man who saved the lives of the ones they sold to him because those black people will have probably killed the people. Yeah, true. They were always fighting. Why we still blame white people for slave trade is what I don't understand. And like somebody said, the white man did not enslave the blacks because the blacks were inferior. They enslaved the blacks because they were available. 
Because history shows that white men also enslave white people. This who's available. It has nothing to do with um, the, like you eat cows. What, what concerns you? You're, cow, you're available. That's why I eat you. If you are not available, we eat bison. If they don't go, we eat other things. Nothing personal. Just looking for meat. They said, look, so the, <laughs> the man said, look, don't blame the white man. He's available. He just saw available anything. But they told this black man, no, 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 no. It's because of the white men that you're, that you're in America. They are putting you down. Whatever, whether it's genuine or it's not genuine, the truth is that the young man's heart was embittered. Inside him was bitterness. It was there. Then one day, the door cracked open. It sprang up. And the rest is history. Killed the old man, and they killed him back for it. You know Texas? At least those days, I don't ever know. Hey, they don't give a hoot. To them, it's called victim rights. Killing you. And yes, and the old man's people came, sat down there, and watched him executed. And they left there feeling, good, we've got justice. Just for their information, they didn't get justice. That spirit just jumped into them. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you know how Satan works, that Satan just, just transferred the spirit. You don't know Satan. You can't take that kind of thing. If I were them, I said, don't go near. Don't say anything. Just leave the matter. Don't go and sit down there and be watching because you will never receive mercy. Ah. <laughs> you don't know God. Though. The day you need mercy, God will say, no, you are at execution. I can't give you. And that's the only thing, though. Satan will say, this one was at execution of that young boy who sinned as a juvenile. The trouble that will come to the, they won't know why. Well, let's not even go. Let me just advise you. So it's just keep away. Even if you cannot go there and do righteousness and pray, just leave it. Say, God, I leave the state and them. When they say, write victim impact assessment, say, I'm not writing. So if you don't, he may go free. Say, he can't go free with God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You know what God says? Vengeance is mine. I will revenge. I will repay. That's God for you. He doesn't, uh, he says his mind, I will do it. He doesn't want to be struggling with him. Who will do it? No, 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 no. So leave him for God. But I'm talking about bitterness. You know, many of us, I hear people talk, you, especially preachers, they spew bitterness from the pulpit. At the point in time, I came to the strong Opinion. I don't want to say conclusion. I'm not concluded yet. That one reason why God said to me, Banky, go and work from Enugu is because he couldn't find anybody in my generation who would teach the word without bitterness from here. Yeah, I talk to preachers. God said, Banky, go. Go and cure people of young people of bitterness who are pinned and angry over a word they were not born when it was fought. For you to have known anything about that war, you should be approaching the age of 60 now. Yes. The war ended in 1970. If you were born 70, you are 53 this year. One of our brothers, when, um, what's the name of this um, um, literal, literary, what do you call it? Literary icon, what's his name now? Not only, no. 
Chinua Achebe, when he wrote there was a country, I read it. One of our brothers asked me, what do I think? I said, this man has done evil to the people. I read the book. I said, see, you may say it's history. There's a way you write history. You can say whatever you like. If a young man reads that, he drinks of that spirit of bitterness. When I read the book, I felt, one of our brothers, he's a politician in Enugu here, I, I, I told him, I said, I wish he didn't write this. He has set a stage to poison another generation. Don't forget, the first war was also, because there are different levels, all right? God was judging spirits, okay? But let's go to the level. It was bitterness that brought that one up. People were reacting viscerally. They were not reasoning. I heard that Zeke even tried to prevent the war, being a nationalist and all of that. He brought some points. He told him to shut up. And everything he said came to pass. It was anger and bitterness. Generations later, people were poisoned again. And listen, I'm not talking to the whole world. I'm talking to Christians. Because God says, give offense neither to Jews or to Gentiles or to the church of God. So I'm talking to the church of God, not the Gentiles. He said, arise, shine. Your light has come. He said, come out from amongst them and be separate. And do not touch the unclean bitterness. Don't touch the unclean concepts. Don't touch the unclean thoughts. Some things are unclean. Don't touch them. Don't touch them. Some things, let me just say something. What if I'm angry about something? Tell God to judge. So there are three levels, all right? There's a level in which vengeance is mine. As a human being, I will avenge. I will look for vengeance. There's a second level which is better than that first one, which is God do. Man, no deal. Whatever you like to do, do about the matter. There's a third and most righteous level, which Jesus says. Say, love your enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use you. That's the third and highest level. I tell Christians, at least, go to the next one, which is, remember I say, step by stage. Things are too wonderful, don't worry about them. But get away from the first one. Wishing every nothing you see, you know, you know, like they say, a crowd wants to be joking, Western Nigeria, they say, ah, the accident was terrible. Anybody that I said, thank God, only one person, I'm four house, amen. Yeah, people used to say things like that, you know. And for your information, when you say such things, it's recorded against you in the court of God. You have no respect for human life. Yes. <laughs> Being a believer, eh? my God, it's a good life, oh, but it has its demands. When I continue on, God helping me, I will talk about the demands of knowledge. Knowledge converts a sin not unto death. It converts it to a sin unto death for you. No wonder Solomon said, with much knowledge comes much pain. When you know some things, your life is, is, oh God, your life is just scattered. Sometimes you wish you did not know them so you can have peace of mind. I call them the demands of knowledge. Pain comes with knowledge. As a Christian, it's a beautiful life, but what God does is to open your heart to receive instruction. He opens your heart to receive understanding. He opens your heart so that he can through you correct things that were wrong. And listen, 
All of these things have, I said, spring, root of bitterness springs up and does what? Troubles people. Many are defiled. Don't ever forget it. So you need to fight bitterness. You need to fight anger. You are a child of God. You should reason differently. Don't care where you are from. I had a story long ago. I think either Leon Uris or Jeffrey Archer, one of those people, you know those people that write what they call faction. They take real events and build a story around it. There was this um, Jewish doctor who was traveling one night and his wife was uh, pregnant. Yeah, well, anyway, but let me, let's make it on There was another Arab man that was in the same, um, he had his tent in the wilderness, big man, Arab. Then his wife, okay, the other Jewish man, <laughs> you understand, the Arab man is a doctor, yes. The Jewish man was traveling through the wilderness on his uh, camel or donkey or something. He was kind of stranded. So he now saw this, his wife was pregnant. He now saw this um, tent. So he went there, asked for help. It was an Arab that was there. In the process, his wife delivered the traveling man and died. Gave it to a boy. This Arab man who was in his tent, who was a doctor. So when he got there, his wife was like really sick. So when this Jewish man got there. So the Arab man said that, oh, I'm sorry, she's dead. So the man said, no, she's not dead. He said, what do you mean? He said, I just saw the stomach move. Then this Arab man, who's a doctor, he suddenly realized what happened. The woman just died. The baby will be alive for a few minutes until he can't get enough uh, oxygen again and then die. So he's just told the man, please close your eyes, turn. So he just yanked a knife quickly, cut the woman's stomach open, brought out a healthy baby boy and gave to the man. So the wife was dead, so they went out and buried the wife in the desert. But the Arab man, his wife was unconscious. She miscarried. No, her own baby died. She just delivered, but the baby died. But she had not yet recovered. The man was taking care of his wife. So after they buried the other, the other one, it's okay. The man wanted to part ways. So he gave the baby to the father. The father looked at him, looked at the wilderness. said, what will I do with this baby inside this place? He said, I'm sorry, I can't take the baby from you. He said, but you are the father. He said, I know, but he follows me, he dies. So what do we do? You can have the baby. So between the two of them, they just had an idea. They quickly took the dead baby, buried beside the woman that died, and put this living one down beside the unconscious woman. She woke up, and the husband congratulated her for having a beautiful baby boy. Except that he's an Arab. That one is a Jew. The boy grew up hating Jews. That's what the, that, oh, that's what the story is about. He spent all his money terrorizing Jews, if he could. Sponsoring, that is, he hated Jews. His father didn't know how to explain to him that this your hatred is not good. But they live in a society where everybody was saying the same thing. The father always tried to calm him down. I don't agree. And the father was very big man, very well-to-do family. They became very wealthy, you know, like billionaires. The father was like, calm down, you know, life is not always like, I don't know these people. Did they drew away the Palestinians? <laughs> the father didn't know what to do to tell his boy that. You <laughs> are some of you here laughing at me. They are full and <laughs> in fact, 
if you see all these Usuka people, just know they are from Jigawa. Are you from Usuka? They are from Usuka. <laughs> this one, this one is, looks fuller than this. Stuff, you know? One day I saw one one came and jammed my motor that one night. So I was so angry that day. I came just at this junction. Because I was warning him. The way he are riding, riding, riding. You know, he just, 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 just he moved close to you. <laughs> just, <laughs> I kept on warning. Warning the guy. Next I heard, Bugam. So you understand? The brother with me said, Pastor, Pastor. Hey, don't pastor me, my friend. This guy. <laughs> I jumped down. You know, in his mind, in my mind, eh? A kekema in Enugu is most likely to be a northerner. That's just my own mind. So when I came down, the guy started speaking speak to me in Igbo. So I want him to be careful himself that he shouldn't pretend there. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 the traffic warden, the policewoman came over like, what's the problem? I said, you tell him to behave himself. Why is he speaking about it? He wants to try and impress me. So the woman like, what do you mean he's trying to... I said, my friend, I don't speak English. I was just, I was just angry. The guy was trying to beg me. I said, my friend, speak English. This is how someone speaking English. What's your problem? The guy looked like, why am I calling? I didn't know. So the policeman said, no, no, no. Okay, he's an evil man. I said, you, you're an evil man. He said, yes. I said, why are you black like this? <laughs> At this junction, <laughs> you have to explain to me that no, no, there is an evil. I said, I don't know. If you say I was surprised, like, but you look so. <laughs> the Lord is good. What am I trying to say? Some of us will just get up, we grow up, drink a spirit that's not of God, and we kite on our shoulders, and we don't really know the truth about our lives. What I'm saying is the truth. We judge people that we don't know because somebody poisoned our hearts. So God came to Adam and Eve and said, who told you you were naked? He said, who told you you were naked? Who told you? Many of the things we believe, that's why I told the story of that when I read in the book. That guy grew up all his life hating Jews. His father didn't know how to tell him. You are a gift to me from a Jewish father. He didn't know how to tell him. His father couldn't tell him. The way the book ended, of course, the novel. I remember at the end when his real father, because the two fathers met again. And then accidentally the real father got shot. And as he was fading away, this is adopted father said, should we tell him? That one smiled and said, tell him what? That his God is a God of the Jews. The man just smiled. He said, but there is one God. And he died. So, the way that book ended, I don't know what that guy ever found out. Just stomping around this world that will kill all the Jews, will kill all the Jews. So, Yorubas have a saying. He said, if we count the slaves, we'll break the slaves' hearts. It was the father telling his son. The son said, we need to number all the slaves that we have. We need to number them one by one. The father told him that there's no need. He said, look, if we count the slaves, we'll break the slaves' heart too. One day the boy persuaded the father we need to count them. Okay, they rounded up all the slaves. Time for numbering them. He numbered the boy, say you're number one. The boy like, what? He said, listen, you're not my son. Your mother was my slave. I just adopted you because you were just a fine young boy and I raised you as a son. 
See, that's why I've been telling you all this wire. Calm down. That if you, if, that if we number the slaves, we'll break their hearts. Say, now we have broken your heart. See, this bitterness in it, it will not stay in your heart in Jesus' name. It won't, it won't, it won't, it won't. We're supposed to be praying, right? And I'm leading somewhere. So, like I said, yesterday was inauguration of our new head of state. Again, I'll go over it again, please. Go and read my book, Let Us Agree. I give a lot of praise. I'm not saying it's my own doing. I have not changed my mind about anything I've said in the last one year or longer on this subject till today. When it was election time, I deliberately just carried my vote and threw it away. The only reason why I voted was simply because I told everybody go and vote. For that reason, I went to vote. But I said I would not vote for anybody who accidentally win. So I voted for, I won't tell you who it is. I was, in the, I was already in the polling booth. When I realized that they didn't put the name of the app, you know, the party names or not, they just their logo. So I didn't know how to identify the party I wanted to vote for. And they had said that if you carry your phone near the polling booth, it's not allowed. But how would I know who to vote for? I had to bring out my phone. Quickly went online, checked for the logo. Because it was a party I didn't really know anything. I just wanted to throw away the vote. And you say, well, why did you do that? My reason was simple. I needed to be able to say, even though it's not as honest as the previous ones, that I didn't vote for anybody who will win. So when I will speak, I will speak with all honesty. That was the only I didn't have any other reason. Because God has done something for me over time. I've always voted for the losing person. Do you get my point? The year before, I voted for Atiku Obi combination, where I defeated them. The one before that one, I voted for Gulo Jonathan. The same APC where defeated them. So I've had that history of just... So, But he has always made my talk. People say, you're talking like this because you, 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 you're an APC man. I say, you see, go and check it. I am not. This is my voting record. So now that that happened, I decided to toe the line of Pastor E. Adeboe, who said he's not going to vote at all. But he begged everybody to please go and vote. He said, okay, why you not vote? He said, all my children, are the one, all the people contesting are my children. Now, I can't say that I'm too young. If all of them are my fathers, so let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't say that. So I just said, okay, what I will do is I'll just vote and just waste the vote. And I did exactly that. Now, why I'm saying so is this. I was looking at life from a spiritual perspective. And everything I'm saying now, I said it. And I wrote in that book, which I wrote quite a while ago now, for some months. Small book, it's not big. You can read it easily. Title letters, I agree. I said Christians should learn to put their hearts on the things that are most important. Now, I've been dropping some points here and there. There's one you already know, which is that, which is that you don't know the heart of anybody. You know that, don't you? Yes, you don't. You don't know what somebody can do or what he can do. Apart from the heart, abilities. You don't know. But as part of that, there's something you know. God knows the heart of all men. Trouble. Secondly, he has his plan. Now, again, please, there are rules about democracy. Like I said, I'm not trying to prove anything. I just want to explain something. The rules about, in ev- what is democracy? Let's start with democracy. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. 
don't give me that your, your, your that your academic. You know, you tell me that uh, the government of the people, by the people, and for the people, which has no meaning. If you believe that, you are you are deceived. It's not government of not government of any. It's not the government by the people. How many people are contesting? How many people are voting? Leave that thing. If they were the one that they gave you two choices out of 200 million, you're telling me you, you, you chose. You didn't choose. I'll leave that side. Let me give the spiritual definition of democracy. You want to hear it? It's the current day illusion by which men think they hold the power. What did I call it? By which men think they hold the power. It's an illusion. Okay, now. It's an illusion. You think you hold the power. I will say it again. You don't. You don't. Heaven holds the power. Before you leave your homes on the day of election, who will win has been decided from above, not from beneath. And it's so easy. If you know the way things are, it's so easy. Long before the election, it's been engineered. Let me give you an example now. Eligible adults in Nigeria, counting is roughly. Who can easily count about? Because you have to have a... Secondary school education, that's the minimum, right? Yeah, okay? Eligible adults who can easily muster together in Nigeria, maybe like 50 million people, more than that actually, right? No, if I'm wrong, correct me. Okay, let's just say, okay, let's say 25 million. Those who have secondary school living certificate that they went to secondary school, okay? But the day of election, the real contenders presented to you last time were only four. So the power of God has already showed itself, in narrowing 25 million people to four. You had no say in that. So, if God decides he wants to play you a fast one, he will pick four identical, what do you call twins that are in four places? Quadruplets. Okay? Four identical quadruplets, spiritually speaking now, and put them there. So you say, we chose one. God is just laughing. Say, whichever one you choose is the same person. You see what I'm saying? It's not hard for him to do. Democracy is today's illusion by which men think they hold the power. They don't. You have as much power over who's king as when it was a monarchy. You have as much power as over who's king when it was one coup after the other. And the Bible... There are so many things in scripture to show you, but for time's sake, I won't just read all of them. But I'll give an example, just a few examples. If you're going to read 1 Kings chapter 19, God says something to Elijah. Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazael, king over Aram. That's Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. The point I'm making is that God decided who will rule over Syria as he was deciding who will rule over Israel. He chose the kings for the Moabites. They thought they chose. Now, let me remind you again. When Israel said, we want a king, we don't want God to rule over us. God said, Samuel, go and anoint a king for me. You remember the story? He anointed who? Saul. When he finished anointing Saul, he gave Saul to the people. No, sorry. Yeah, when he finished anointing, so he presented Saul to the people and said, here is your king chosen by God. True or false? False. True or false? False. False. He never did that. He gathered Israel unto himself. 
And my Bible uses the word lots. It said, Thus Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. That's 1 Samuel chapter 10. The tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Samuel drew all of them and said, Yeah, guys, let's cast lots. And they just did tumbum, tumbum, tumbum. Just did them. They rolled the dice. It fell on Benjamin. Then he said, Okay, good. If you continue reading, next they took this clan. Next they took the household of Kish by Lot. Then he brought the sons of Kish and took Saul by Lot, a man that God had anointed. So the decision of every lot is in the hand of God. He had decided ahead to show some of you are watching everybody. He knew where to go. He did not have to rig it. It was open. So he said, okay, so we all agree that God chose this one by lot. God chooses his king, though. Democracy is an illusion. It's the current method that God just... He, look, you may as well go ahead and cast lots. Because for every lot, they will first set certain criteria. In this one, they say, okay, men above particular age, whatever they choose. Because even the conditions you will write, you will decide. And you will not even know is the one deciding. I've told several stories here before. For those who have not heard before, a brother walked to me. An angel appeared to him in a dream. You will be a counselor from covering your area. Do this and do this and do that. The day of election, he did exactly what he was told in the dream. He won the election. Very popular guy. Next election, his people say, you'll be local government chairman. So he went. That angel showed up in his dream again. And said to him, do whatever you want to do. You will not be a local government chairman. This time around, he fought hard. He won the election. And God of heaven was smiling. He was overturned by an executive order. Bam. People were protesting. said, no need to protest. Before God now kills me on top of this one that has happened already. God makes his decisions. Pat Robertson's father, God removed him from being a senator. Why? Everybody said he will win, he will win. God just, <laughs> saw that rain that fell yesterday. You saw that rain? Imagine that he fell on the morning of election. You go, go. It, who, who will leave the house? Without all the preachers I don't preach, so you go and vote, go and vote. If I saw that kind of rain that morning, I said, well, now leave me man, they vote. Oh. I'm staying in my house. <laughs> staying in my house. I'm not going anywhere. Exactly what happened to Pat Robertson's father. It snowed heavily. Everything was cold. Everybody just believed that he would win. So they stayed in their homes. The opponents didn't believe their man would win. So they all went out, mobilized to go and vote. They braved the cold and voted. They counted the votes. Pat Robertson's father lost. He had been a senator forever. Nobody thought he could lose. People of God. Why are you saying all of these things? I want to get to a point. Prophetic insight. I have seen what is going on in this country right now. Satan has only one strategy. To ruin the current nation in this season. He has gone out and told most Christians that the the man that was sworn in yesterday now, please, before I go to what he did, I need to say something. Now, please, I have no apologies. If you want to reject this, you're on your own. There's a reason why I said it the way I said it. 
All right? <laughs> We're doing Ask Pastor Bank yesterday. And Mrs. Thor Reverend asked me a question. She was, she was doing questions out. That how come this election, all the prophecies that, all the prophecies, 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 I said, it's a good question. I said, you know the truth? All through that prophesying period, I heard personally only one genuine prophet speak. You know this prophesying months to election. People were I was hearing all the prophecies. But only one prophet did I hear. And I could say this is a genuine prophet. Even though he prophesied, he prophesied what was not true. But I said, this guy is a genuine prophet. So I said, they are not prophets. There are, they are only social media opportunists. If there was no social media, how would I know these jokers are there? It's not WhatsApp that turned every Tom, Dick, and Harry to a prophet. It's WhatsApp and Instagram. So you see one guy said, you saw that video. He said, oh, by the God, anointing of God upon me. If this man is not the next governor of this state, cut my right hand off. I wish I could catch him. And cut his right hand off. Is it Cross River? I think it's Cross River. He mentioned one man. That the man. <laughs> you know, uh, the word, they, they were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. As soon as that man lost the election, they fought, the, the video was going everywhere. The man was bragging. I'm the anointing of God. He was speaking tongues. And said by the anointing of God upon me. If this man, the next God, cut my hand off. I say it on that God. I wanted to jump through the phone and chop his hand off. Because his guy did not even win primaries. The guy did not even win the primaries. Okay. I said, I had only one prophet. I just remember the second prophet. I had two prophets. Both of them, one of them, I'm, one, that prophecy was given. Let me not say anything about it. I didn't believe in a word of it. The other one that I heard, the Lord gave him a, a correct word. Then he added qualif- qualification to it. He added a condition that God did not put. And I laughed. I said, why do you people do this? Why do you mock the name of the Lord? Why is it because of you? The name of God is being blasphemed among the Gentiles. Stop prophesying. That was why I went on Twitter at that time. I said to everybody, please, forget prophets. Go out there, vote your conscience. I'm not telling you to vote for, but you have certain principles, things you believe in righteousness. Go there, vote. I said, first pray to go and vote as you believe, then go back home. Pastor Corey even told us, my alumni fellowship people, so they say people say stand there and wait to defend. He said no. He gave us an order. Everybody go home. One sister said, please, when you are going, carry zobo and biscuit. Now we want us. Didn't you hear what Oga said? What, you know what annoyed my, my brother, Pastor Courage? He said, depends on us to carry zobo and biscuit is in London. <laughs> you are in London telling me then you go to carry zobo and biscuit to Afia 9. You hear what happened during gubernatorial election of Afghanistan? There are some things Christians will do. You'll be looking at it. God will let them wound you first. So I told people that. I said, please, just vote and go home. And let God do what he wants to do. Why were all the prophets getting it wrong? Number one, God did not speak to them. And I said it that time. Social media, one guy sat somewhere in Atlanta, inside a room, videoed himself, prophesied about Nigerian election. 
and people were falling up and down. You know, did you notice how why all the prophets said the same thing to you? You want to know why? I'll tell you. Because in life you belong to a circle. You can't help it. That's just the way life is. And most people in your circle have the same leaning. They only forward the prophecies that favor them. Any prophet that said any other thing, they won't forward it to you. Any prophet that did not say what your group believed in, you won't get to hear him. So we're inundated with all kinds of jokers calling themselves prophets. Social media. We're enough for social media. Who has their time? The prophet, most, of, most of those people didn't even have churches. Here you know that. The man that they were cutting his hand, he was sitting in the city room. The one prophesying from Atlanta, he was prophesying with, you know, his bare sheet as his backdrop. You know? I'm telling you. So, and they said they were prophets. Please, people are saying, what happened? Is the word of God did not come to pass? God never spoke to them. He didn't. So please, get that one out of here. He did not. I can tell you that one for sure. He spoke to none of those people you heard. Because he's not an author of confusion. The night before election, one prophet went and said, please go for this person. I said, ah, you've denied your own prophecy. Because if it was a real prophecy, it does not need mobilization. Samuel never said anybody should pick Saul by lot. He stood back and was watching the lot take shape. Satanic agenda. Today is May 30. 24 hours thereabouts after the new government came into power. Listen to what Satan is doing again. He has told Christians to reject this government. This thing has been paining me for a long time. I said, let inauguration happen. I won't say anything until they finish. Like you said, I said, whoever does what? Sits. Somebody is sitting now. This is the word of the Lord to you, church in Nigeria. Forget your differences. Forget whoever it is. I keep on saying it. That's banking now talking. Not the word of the Lord now. I've been saying this again and again to people. Take your eyes away from people. Focus on the seat. Now this is what the Spirit is saying to you. Let me continue what the Spirit is saying. That seat that I have ordained over your land, continue to pray for it. Having gotten rid of every shred of bitterness in your heart. Let me explain something to you. It is called democracy. You are not the only one in this country. The person wanted to die for, some people wanted to kill him. And all of you voted. Let go and let God. I'm quoting one, 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 one Christian artist. Candy Staten. She said, let go and let God. You will be doing this nation a disservice. When you wake up in the morning, and there are words you should never use. Please, if this is, of course, you can't, if you dare accuse me of bias, I'm warning you. I will ask God to slap you. I'm not joking. Because this is how people reject truth. Please. There are words I don't want you to use ever. Stolen mandate. It shouldn't come from your mouth. Don't. What's, what's my reason? You are undermining your ability to pray. It's prayer I'm talking about. You could have played that joke until yesterday. Once somebody swore to faithfully do this and this, and the Supreme Court of Nigeria, the Chief Justice of Nigeria, swore the person in, and did all the swearing in, same thing with Enugu, 
I don't care. Whatever God wants to do, let him do. But you, I'm giving you your duty. Your duty is what? Pray from a clean heart. I know what I'm saying. Because I don't care about people, like individuals now. I care about Nigeria as a nation. I care about the church of God. I care about our responsibility. I care about the fact that if there will be war, we'll be held responsible. I care about the fact that if there will be famine, we'll be held responsible. I care about the fact that if there will be a tsunami, we'll be held responsible. I care about any disorder that will come, we will be held responsible. That's what I care about. And if there will be prosperity, we'll be the ones to enjoy it. If there will be peace, we'll be the ones to enjoy it. If there will be progress, we'll be the ones to enjoy it. You know, somebody forwarded something to me. Today, shortly before this meeting, I don't know how long, but I asked some people a question. I said, is it true or not? The person compared 2015 to 2023 was giving statistics, all right? Said 2015, life expectancy in Nigeria was 52, 2023, 56. Internet coverage, 46 to 95. Number of phone users, 152 to 212 million. That's 2015 to 2023. Infant mortality, 70 to 55. I'm going to jump to a few things. Taxpayers, 15 million to 45 million. Modern rail, zero to about 800 kilometers. Stock market cap, 11.6 trillion to 29 trillion. Refining capacity, 1,000 barrels per day to about a million barrels per day. Military jets, 1 to 40. Terror deaths, 7,000 plus to 2022. Now, this time around 2022, because in case you want to know why, it's at the end of the year, they'll give it, but the other ones they could just give you on the spot to 396. Piracy, 2015, world number one to zero incidents. Universities, 120 to 220. Ranking, top 500, zero to three. Cancer centers, zero to about five. Air passengers, 11 million to 16. Commercial jet crashes, 1980 to 2015, about 40. 2015 to 2023, zero. The person kept on counting on and on. Inland ports from 0 to 3. Radio stations, 267 to 740. Fertilizer plants, 11 to 40. Rice production, 3 million tons to 8 million tons. I'm jumping some things. FIRS revenue, 3.7 to 10 million. Literacy, 62 to 69. Trillion, sorry. What did I say? I said million. 3.7 3.7 trillion to 10 trillion. And the person kept on going on and on. And there are literally two things here. Access to Wi-Fi, polio rates. Polio is funny. In Nigeria, then it was about one. We had one, but now zero. We don't have any. It's not, we're already among those who are eradicated. All right? Wild polio, we don't get. All right? The few we've gotten has been vaccine-related. Okay? So they just kept on going on and on. Sovereign wealth, sovereign wealth fund, 500 million to 3 billion, and all of that. Terror index was second globally in 2015. Now we are eighth globally. And the fellow continued like that. 
And I forwarded this to my classmates. I said, please, are these facts correct or wrong? Somebody asked one question. Eh, why did the terror death stop in 2022? <laughs> this thing has 40 items. This thing has 40 items. I was vexed. I didn't comment to. I just received this one. Can I just comment with figures? Is this true or false? Now, let me say something to you. Eh? Statistics are funny. So I'm not trying to go by this, but you see something. Somebody said, what? He, says, he said, there are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Now, I think they are lying here. No, I don't believe anything here is a lie. That's not what I'm, where I'm going. Where I'm going that the opposite you have also believed. Could be a lie. So I asked them, this thing that I have said now, are they true or false? Of course, we can give you, you can come now and give me 40 other things that were worse. True or false? The question is this. Which one are you focusing on? Determines your outlook towards life. It determines your faith to pray. It does. Because hope is first before you come to prayer. You must know there is something to look forward to. There must be a promise. That you are holding on to. There's something that's like telling you now, it can be better. That is why you are praying. I say, if these things are true, how come nobody has been singing it in my ears? How come most of my newspapers have told me this core record of eight years of the worst president Nigeria ever had? What they said, not me. How come? I say, if these things are really true, I'm not saying they're the only things that happened. But if this thing actually happened, it means that it's not only the bad things that have been happening. But what Satan did was to blind people. It blinds them so much, a university professor will sell his land to send children to school abroad. It blinds them so, blinds them so much, a middle to high level banker will resign his job liquidate all his assets, pack his wife and children, and go to a country that he does not know, like Abraham, except that God is not leading him. And when he says, what are you going to do when you get there? He says, when we get there, we will find out. An adult becomes an idiot. Why? Because he had, Jesus said, who told you you were naked? They told him that he was naked. Then you now see a 50-year-old man running up and down the streets of Canada or United Kingdom looking for where to stay. And you knew him in Enugu, he had a duplex. Blindness. What am I going to say? Satan has his plan. I'm exposing Satan to you. Satan doesn't want... You know the interesting part? God listens first of all. This is not... This is not uh, pride. God listens first of all to believers in Christ Jesus. He calls them the light of the world. So Satan says, they are the ones I need to work on. So he removes their faith. He tells them, now let me tell you another thing. He tells them, you have a Muslim head of state and a Muslim vice president. So God says, go on. It means that I can't use them. God says, is that what you are saying? We will never say with our mouths, we say with our attitude, we say with our prayers. Let me tell you how God will disappoint people. He's done it before. When Buhari came into power, they were looking at Osibajo like this. Osibajo will soon take over. He will soon take over. You know, Yoruba has a saying. He said, Yo bale, yo bale. 
I wish you could understand that in the way I said it. That was what happened this last eight years. You know what that means? Oh, can you, can you help me out? Anyway, this is how it is. <laughs> Have you seen Papilio Dometocos fly? The butterfly and the moth. You know when they are flying? You are so sure you'll soon fall down. It's, you know, it's a flutter like this and almost in the ground, then it goes up again. So your man says that, that you, you just keep on waiting for it to hit the ground. But this is how this guy will fly and leave you and enter to the bush. That was what happened to many people in this nation for eight years. They kept on waiting to wake up one morning that Professor Yemi Oshibajo has been sworn in as a new president because the former president died. Why? Because the one before him, somebody, he came into power because somebody died. And we waited and waited and waited. He go hit the ground. He go hit the ground. Now, so this butterfly takes risk that around. No what God said, no problem. Next time, I will make you not wish for anybody's death. Yeah. I will give you another Muslim that you believe is a Bukwara. So you will pray for the main man. <laughs> Say, oh God, don't die. Please don't die. Please don't die. You, you, you don't have God those things. He said, yeah, I will pay you back for this thing you have done. How many of you listening to me today did not have that kind of wish? I, cannot, I said, Father God, to you be the glory. I didn't have it for one moment. Every day I interceded that God will give the man he has chosen health. If despite that he decides to kill, at least my hands, my hands are clean. Many people, they've killed. You know, especially those of us who go to those fire churches where all we know how to do is die by fire, die by fire, die by fire. We fired this man from beginning to the end. You know what happened to him? Nothing. When he came to him, my God, the man was marching like a general. Everybody had to give up. Say, okay, Oga, you could don't survive. Let's leave you for God. The man said, I'm going back to Daura, where I have cows that are easier to control <laughs> than Nigerians. People of God, please, I'm giving you the heart of the Spirit of God, and I'm not joking about it. Don't fall for that satanic trap. You have a new government. We're in Enugu here, so let's just take two. You have a new government, both nationally, and in this state level, you must not be an accuser. You must not be an accuser. That is, the commandment of the Spirit is that accusation will not come from your mouth. I told you about Agape the other day. I said, it's not about feeling. It's not about feeling. It's not about feeling, oh, anytime I see Ashwajo, I'll just hug him. Don't hug him. Oh, Shetima looks like my lost, long lost brother. No. That's not what they are saying. God says, they swore them in yesterday. Okay, he's your president, so you will pray for your president. He's, you know, they are, you know, they are, they are right now, the cabinet choosing has started, you know that. Very soon, National Assembly will start. Some Christians were still, still waiting for court to annul the election. Boys were already offering blood sacrifices. No, I'm telling you, I hope you know that's go, what goes on. People, oh, you think politicians just come there to be campaigning? As they are there talking to you, somebody's in the shrine somewhere, cutting all kinds of necks. Some of them even cut human neck to move things in their favor. The church is there. The boys are looking. We are there deciding who will be Senate president. We are there deciding who will be minister of finance. We are there. The people who want the office, they've got, 
See, you think everybody goes to church? Even the ones that go to church, we know where they go there at night. Oh. People are there offering sacrifices. Let me tell you what they do. Hmm? Some of these are your prophets. Leave them. Those guys are criminals. These are your prophets. They will come outside prophesy one thing at night when they give them an offering. They will say, thus says the Lord, as I live. No, they will start, when they, see, if I give you $50,000 to hold, when you smell it like this, inspiration will come. So the Lord spoke by me. And he said, anyone who does what is dangerous will receive that which is dangerous. All your enemies, as he's saying like this, guy don't, don't para his $50,000. You come on the surface and be telling you one thing, can't go. Can't ni. Can't go. Can't ni. Thank you. These people, are, they've gone, I know these people, eh? they, they go to the pastor, say, what does it need to prophesy? $50,000. Give him. They go to another one and say, Naimam, what does he need? This one, they give him. They go to the shrine. That one say, bath naked. They bath naked. Bring goat. They bring goat. They say, this Senate presidency, I must collect. God is waiting for Christians to just get on their knees and utter a few words. Father, let the Senate president be the one that will do this, do this according to your will in Jesus' name. That's all he's waiting for. For us to do it in agreement. We are sitting there whining and grumbling, whining and grumbling, grumbling. Education in Nigeria needs to be restructured. People, you, you know what I'm talking about. People are sitting there grumbling. Meanwhile, people are there offering literal sacrifices. They are cutting the throats of goats and cows, bearing things alive. Let me say something about, about God before I leave that matter. They shock many people. Let me read it. This God we are dealing with. Okay, let me say what I want to say. Those goats and cows and things they are bearing, human beings they are killing, if you don't say anything, those things speak. The king of Moab was besieged by the people of God. He took his son that should reign in his stead and indignation came against Israel. They are whining and complaining. When boys are offering things. <laughs> Let me know about that. That's the story I wanted to read to you. You know, for a long time, people said, ah, what happened? I said, if you know Israel, and if you know their God, you know that nobody can bring indignation against them apart from their God. So why would their God turn against them? Because a man offered a human sacrifice. I don't have time to explain it, but I'll summarize it with one word. The Bible qualified. It was his son that will reign in his stead. Some pastors have used to manipulate to collect people's money. But it's a spiritual truth to that. You know what that truth says? If you want this nation, I will give you. That guy showed that he wanted that land more than Israel did. So God looked. I don't have time to go into it in details. God looked and said, no, leave him alone. Give him some respite. Give him some respite. Let him breathe. It's not that God is looking for human blood to drink. He saw the desperation of a man who at that point in, in time had not committed enough sins to warrant a degree of judgment. Told Israel, get back. Israel said, no, we are winning this battle. We can't go back. He said to Israel, go back. Israel said, no, sir. We are winning this battle. We can't go back. So he told an angel, beat them. So an angel brought him. 
came and flogged all of them. And they ran back. I said, I told you to go back. Are you stupid or something? That's what happened. I've told you the truth. What am I going to say? When you are there, whining and complaining, people are offering songs that should reign in their stead to head the, the, the petroleum ministry. That is, people are waiting eh, to step into that petroleum ministry. And they are offering things. And the church is busy whining and complaining. Who took my pancake? And then I kept it here now. God said, get on your knees for goodness sake and make intercession. Utter words. Because to you, the blood of Jesus has been shed. For your sake, the blood of Jesus has been shed. All that is required of you now is words. People of God, on your knees now. We are praying. No, 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 I'm not joking. We are praying. (laughs) We are making intercession for Nigeria. You can use your chair, lean on your chair to be easier for you. People of God, we are making intercession. <laughs> we are making intercession. Everybody begin to pray. First of all, start with thanksgiving. Say, first of all, let thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all men, on behalf of the nation. Everybody begin to offer thanksgiving. Say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you because, again, you have done it for us. Again, you have done it for us. We changed government without bloodshed. Eight years ago, you did it. You send those four mighty angels. Your servants saw them. That guarded this nation. So that there was no bloodshed. Eight years after, you did it again. Thank you, Lord, for posting your mighty angels all over this land. To deliver the land of your purpose from evil. Oh, please pray. Say, Lord, I thank you. We offer you thanksgiving, Lord, today. I and my brethren will come before your throne. We thank you for being kind to us. We know that we have been blessed more than we deserve. Lord, thank you for being kind to us. We know we have been blessed more than we deserve. Say, Lord, thank you for the rain. Thank you for the sun. Thank you for fuel we have to buy. Thank you for giving us the progress Many may say it's not so much, but Lord, this progress all the same is a gift of God. Internet, you know, penetration has increased. Number of universities increased. Just mention a few things. The number of people that died from terrorist attack, uh, attack is, about, is at the minimum in how many years? We don't hear that ships were hijacked off our shores anymore. Thank you. Thank you. That our poor generation is not where it's supposed to be, but it's not where it used to be. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. There was a time in one year, how many planes crashed? Even your servant died in one of them. Prominent rulers died in those plane crashes. In Enugu here, our top professors from UNN died in those plane crashes. But Lord, there has been none in how many years? Commercial plane. Lord, thank you, Abba. We say thank you. Thank you that despite the, you know, the desires of many people, you kept our last head of state. You improved his health and he departed to his home in peace. Only you could have done it. And we give you the praise for it. It is not your desire that anybody should perish. Thank you, Lord, for keeping him alive. 
Thank you for the revival that went on in many quarters that news did not re- re- report. We thank you. Once again, thank the Lord for the peaceful transition yesterday. Especially at the federal level. And all the various states involved. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Paul said to Timothy, first of all, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority. Why? So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. The Lord said to Jeremiah, to the exile, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on his behalf. That's what we are going to do now. You are going to say to the Lord, Lord, give us a king that will reign in righteousness. Say, Lord, let the new ruler, the president of our Nigeria, let him reign in righteousness. It's a simple prayer. So, Lord, we are asking that in this new regime, righteousness will prevail. Say, Lord, let justice prevail. Now, now you are asking from the bottom of your heart. Don't have this thought of illegitimate government. That does not concern you. Say, Lord, this is what I want. The seat in Asso Rock will serve the purpose of God in this nation. Lord, through this new head of state you have chosen, let your new agenda prosper. Let it be an agenda of mercy. Say, Lord, let it be an agenda of mercy. From the bottom of your heart, ask the Lord to give him sound health. When President Yaradua was sick, everybody did all kinds of things. I remember Dorak really talking about a cabal that did not want things to work. But the head of state was sick. Say, Lord, let this head of, head of state not be sick. Say, Lord, keep him in sound health. Keep him in sound health. Give him health, Lord. Strengthen him. Give him a good mind that can receive the wisdom from above. Lord, let him be a servant of God unto us. Pray it like that. Say, Lord, let him be a servant of God for the church in this nation and for this nation as a whole. Lord, we are asking that he will be a servant of God who in dreams and visions, through wise counsel, through ideas that will come to him, we know what you want him to do. Lord, let him, be, let him have a heart that will receive the instruction of the Almighty and be deaf to the suggestions of the enemies. Pray it like that. Lord, give him ears that will hear the instructions of the Almighty and be deaf to the suggestions of the enemy. Scatter from him, Lord, every counselor that will not have the righteousness of God in heart, that will have counsels that will lead to war, that will bring counsel that will lead to you no know, disharmony. Lord, we ask that every such person will be driven far away from him. Now I want us to pray. Say those who have been shedding blood, whether of few animals or human beings, for their own personal agenda, so as to come into this government, say, Lord, frustrate them. It's a simple prayer. If you say it, God will do it. Say, Lord, frustrate them. They have offered the blood of cows, goats, all forms of animals. Some of them have offered the blood 
of human beings. Some have even offered the blood of their children. Say, Lord, but we say no. Whatever we shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. We bind it. Say, Lord, only those who you have said, this one will do my will. He said concerning David, I have found a man after my heart who will do all my desires. Say, Lord, the one that will do your will, let them get into power. Petroleum ministry, let them head it. Transportation ministry, let them head it. Education ministry, let them head it. Internal affairs, let them head it. Police affairs, let them head it. Defense, let them head it. Land, productivity. All, you know, we have all kinds of departments in this country. Labor. Let the ministers that will be chosen to head all these places be the ones that will hear the counsel of God and do all your desires. Say, Lord, we ask that no evil man will hold office. Let the seat reject the people that will not do your will. Say, Lord, we ask of you, in your mercy, add to this government good and wise people. Now, ask for wisdom. Say, Lord, pour abundance of wisdom upon Asurok, and for those of us in Nenugu, upon the Lion Building. Let grace be available to them. Because they are our ministers. He said concerning angels, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who inherit salvation? What the Bible says concerning these leaders, said they are ministers that have been sent by God to do us good. Now say, Lord, in the name of Jesus we ask, let them do us good. Pray, say, Lord, we ask of you today, let them do us good. Now, ask us, make a simple prayer for the whole land. Say, Lord, have mercy upon this land again. According to the mercy in Jesus Christ, have mercy upon this land. Ask the Lord, let peace reign. Let peace reign. Say, Lord, thank you for shutting the mouth of false prophets. We ask you again, let peace reign. Let it reign. Say, let development continue. We're in Enugu here. Let's thank God for the, se- the second Niger Bridge. Ask the Lord. It's a simple prayer. Say, Lord, let trains run over that bridge also. I'm sure they made provision for such things. They will crisscross this nation. Ask for something. Some, somebody listening to me, you are in a neighborhood where hey, you get two hours of power in a week. Now ask the Lord, you want 20 hours a day. It's not hard. And you don't mean your generator or solar power. Ask the Lord to give your street 20 hours of good, not this fluctuating one that some of us have seen for a long time. And if you're in an area where your power fluctuates, say, Lord, give us new transformers. Reduce our load. Distribute the load on more transformers. No, ask for things like that. Ask the Lord to tie the road in front of your street, in front of your house. Are you afraid? Ask him for it to do it. He's not saying you should bring money. Say, Lord, bring development all over our land. 
Now, pray this prayer, people of God. Another prayer. So that the fields that you have judged. Now, listen to this. There are different ways God has judged fields in this nation. He hasn't used farm, um, that's the, what they call it, uh, drought much. But many places, people can't go to farms because of bandits. Because of all kinds of armed gangs. Now, ask the Lord to restore peace to those areas so that the fields will once again be productive. Pray. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, restore our captivity, O Lord, as streams renew the desert. Let wheat production increase in this nation. Lord, we ask you for more rice. We ask for a restoration of massive land where beans is farmed in Borno State. We want millet to be like sand on the seashore. We're asking that groundnuts will grow like pyramids again. Say, Lord, thank you for the inland ports. Thank you for the free trade zones. Thank you for Dangote Refinery and many modular refineries. Now pray for them. Say, Lord, let them walk. It's a simple prayer. Say, Lord, let them walk. Pour grace upon this refinery so that they will walk. Say, Lord, pour grace upon them so that they will walk. Lord, make us a net exporter, as you have begun to do already, of refined petroleum products. It says, look, just say it like that. Because by strength shall no man prevail. So we need this grace of God for this nation to prevail in these areas. We are praying for the nation. Remember, you will continue this prayer on your own. You will continue this prayer on your own. Don't, don't forget that. But pray for the church of God before we depart from here. Say, Lord, we ask of you concerning the body of Christ in this country. Let there be a revival of truth. Let there be a revival of truth. Let there be a revival of truth. Teach us to depart from dead works. Teach us to depart from dead works. Lord, bring about the unity of the body from the north to the south. Let us recognize ourselves as one body from the east to the west. Let the church in this nation be united in the single purpose of edifying the saints and reaching out to the world. Ask the Lord to purge our pulpit of lies. And people who claim to be ministers who actually don't believe, say, Lord, purge our pulpits. Silence false teachers and false prophets. Give the Lord thanks. He has heard us. Give him thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. You can rise to your feet. You can go back to your seat. Just say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you.